So this morning, we continue with the uh, Philippian series, focusing on joy and peace, despite any circumstances that we encounter. And this morning, we're going to be reading from Philippians 1, 27 to chapter 2, verse 4. Um, I was going to read till verse 11, but uh, in a couple weeks, we're uh, celebrating Ascension. I'm going to save, save uh, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11 for Ascension Day and what that means for us today. So that'll come in a couple weeks. But before we read from this passage this morning, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you uh, again for your word and for letters that were sent centuries ago to churches that existed centuries ago. And yet your word remains living and relevant to us today. Your church continues to be alive and you are the head of your church. Bless the reading and the proclamation and the listening to your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians 1, verse 27 to chapter 2, verse 4. Whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, and without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, hashtag stronger together. This was a hashtag created for several Canadian celebrities, singers and and actors that united together for a recent fundraiser for the Canadian food banks a couple of weeks ago. Now, of course, this is not the first time that we've heard that hashtag phrase. I mean, it's been used many other times as well. It's been used by political figures attempting to encourage their constituents to be united in their voting, and particularly voting with their specific party. But the words convey clarity. Stronger together. We have seen people pull together during COVID-19. People have gone out of their way to assist neighbors. People have gone out of their way to financially help various organizations, whether it be local food banks or community services that reach out to the vulnerable folks. People have gone out of their way to ensure somehow or another people are staying connected and haven't slipped through those proverbial cracks. And yes, we have cracks in our system and in our social and church circles, but we continue on removing those cracks. Oh, and sure, we've all heard, of course, the stories of the hoarders and the price gougers and even several of the conspiracy theories, pandemic. But overall, I think it's fair to say that the majority of people fall under the category of hashtag stronger together. I think the real question of integrity will be when this is all over. Um, will hashtag stronger together be our new normal? Or will we go back to hashtag me 
myself, and I. Hashtag Stronger Together could have been the title of this portion of Paul's letter to the Philippi church. And so we continue our series about living a life of joy and peace despite any circumstances. And the first statement in this portion of Paul's letter states, whatever happens. Paul doesn't start off by saying, okay folks, if this goes well, then, then this is how you are called to live. Or during the period of bad times, you know, I understand bad times do happen and, and then you don't have to live like that, but live like this instead. He says, whatever happens knowing full well that life is probably more like a boat that gets tossed back and forth in a storm. And at times you feel like you might be riding the wave, and other times you might feel like you are drowning in that wave. And Paul states, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, your response is commanded to be the same. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus. Now the word conduct in Greek means that you are to live. You are called to live as a citizen of a country in a law-abiding manner. The Greek word, this Greek word conduct is loaded, is a loaded word. But this word spoke clearly to the people in Philippi. They knew what it meant to live under the Roman rule and to be a worthy citizen of the Roman Empire. Roman citizenship was important. It was prestigious. And it came with perks. And it came with rights and responsibilities. So Paul is saying, conduct yourselves. Live under God's rule as a citizen of his kingdom. And guess what? There are perks there too. And responsibilities. So this is a command that we are to live always and intentionally following our God. Not just once in a while, not just when we agree with things, but always. And we all know that this is hard. Even in COVID-19, people may not always agree with decisions that are made, government decisions, but how can we remain stronger together? Our lives are to be consistent with what the gospel teaches And I think it's important that we have to be aware that when we think we are being consistent, we probably aren't. We think that we are loving the way that Scripture says, and as Sylvia shared this morning, how important love is. But we think that we're loving the way that Scripture says, but at times, even in our love, are we being judgmental perhaps? Or condescending? Or treating people uh, as us and them? Or ensuring that our needs are met first, and then we'll take care of the others. Paul encourages his readers how to conduct yourselves consistent with the gospel message. Be stronger together. So verse 27, he calls his people to stand firm together. Whatever violent windstorm attempts to knock you down, whatever wave may try to plunder you, whatever enemy is lurking in the dark, whatever comes before you, you are called to stand firm. You know, the enemy is going to look for the weakest link. And that weakest link is often one standing on their own. Psalm 62, verse 3, David writes, How long, he's talking about his enemies, How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down like this leaning wall, this tottering fence? 
You know, even somebody as powerful as King David felt, or as King David, he felt like a weak link, a leaning wall, a tottering fence. But as weak as we sometimes might feel, when we are among others that are standing firm, together we are stronger. Stand firm together. Stand firm in the Spirit. Oh yeah, that's right. Standing firm in the Spirit. It's not on our own strength that we stand firm, but we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit together. And as we continue with verse 27, we're also striving together as one for the faith. We strive together as one for the faith of the gospel. We are striving together. So we're standing firm together and we're striving together. And the root word, the root of the word striving in Greek is where we actually in English get the word athlete. So picture someone athletic. Training. Being disciplined like an athlete. So picture like someone like Mitch in his distance running. Or Emily in her high jumping. Or picture me attempting to bike to church. Well, that might be a bad image. Don't picture me. Go back to Mitch and Emily. Athletes train, and they train hard, and they cannot be successful on their own. Athletes count on a team, whether it be coaches or managers or fellow teammates, always a team working together, a team of people striving together, and even at times competing against one another, but together. And so Paul is encouraging his readers to strive together. Be an athlete together. Be an athlete striving as one for the faith of the gospel. This means strive together. Be an athlete together. Strive together for the sound doctrine, for the apostles' teaching. Strive together in God's word and his truth. Now, many of you are worshiping these days on your own, and at most you have a couple family members. And this form of worship, it's working well for us right now. It's not ideal because we are called to be stronger together. And so we look forward to that day that we can return together. And maybe initially not as a full church. I don't know how it's going to be or how long it's going to be. I don't know. But even if it's initially in small groups, those are again opportunities to be stronger together. Verse 30, Paul continues to talk about being together. And he says, struggling together. Now, Paul, again, is using an athletic term. Struggling together means conflict, and it means agony. And this refers to the training that an athlete endures, the conflict and the agony that an athlete endures. Often in training, it is long hours and pushing your body beyond the limit, and it can be times of agony. But Paul says, do this together. You don't have to do it on your own. Struggle together. You know, I've heard several people state that the fact that the whole world is struggling with COVID-19 makes it somewhat easier to deal with. Not that you wish everyone would have the same struggle as you. That's not what's going on. But when we feel that we are going through things alone, there's times that, you know, we're going to feel isolated and only naturally to feel somewhat sorry for oneself. But when you know that you are not alone, but you are together in the struggle, in the agony, it does give a little more hope and maybe even strength. 
strength that we can get through this together. So in these verses of chapter 1, 27 to 30, Paul reaffirms the stronger together theme. Stand firm together. Strive together. Struggle together. And he continues with this similar theme in the next chapter, 2, verses 1 to 4 as well. When he says, when we read in uh, chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Paul encourages us to be like-minded. You see, God did not create us all to think the same. God created us differently. He created us with diversity. But yet, we are being called to be like-minded. We're called to have the same love. We're called to be one in spirit and one purpose. We're called to be one in Christ. And that should be our common goal. And it makes us stronger together. I think I may have shared this book title from that I have in my office before. The title is Never Call Them Jerks, and it's by author Paul Boers. And Exeter, put your mind at ease. I purchased this book long before I got here. I purchased it in Kingston. And if anyone in Kingston is listening, shout out to you all in Kingston. Um, but this book was on sale, okay? And I'm going to stick to that. I bought it because it was on sale. And if you know me, that's probably the truth. <laughs> Boers talks about conflict and disunity. He states that as believers, we need to keep in mind that the church is not filled with people who all think the same. The church is filled with misfits and should be expected to be filled with misfits and include misfits. Boer states when we expect people to think the same way as we do, we are expecting people to be created in our image rather than God's image. And I want to read that quote again. Boer states, quote, when we expect people to think the same way as we do, then we are expecting people to be created in our image rather than God's image. Being stronger together is what the Apostle Paul would call like-mindedness. Again, like-mindedness is not thinking the same, but recognizing that, yes, there's diversity within the church. And guess what? There's misfits in the church, and I'm one of them, right? And this allows people to be created in God's image, meaning that God has made every person differently, but with a common bond through Jesus Christ. God is calling us to be like-minded, seeking what Jesus desires of us, and that is being stronger together, allowing the Spirit to transform our hearts, to transform our minds for the betterment of the body. And people, again, even though we are not coming together, we can still be stronger together by being the church wherever God calls us to be, wherever we are. Paul continues to refer to humility and putting the interests of others ahead of ourselves. And he states, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. The Greeks didn't have a word, actually, for humility because humility was considered to be low value. Some think that Paul invented the word in this letter to the church. This, Paul, this part of the passage is referring to our default of being stronger on our own. You know what always shocks me? Is how often we think we can do things on our own. 
Me too. I want to be that way too. But why do we do that? Why do we do what we do? I don't know. Firstly, we, we're not meant to do things on our own. We're always stronger together. And secondly, when we do not allow someone else to assist us, we are removing any possible blessing from that person and even from ourselves. So I think that's kind of what Paul means when he's talking about selfish ambition. Yes, selfish ambition means to not love and to not help others and to push them down and destroy them. And selfish ambition also means to not receive help from others. Selfish ambition is not what God wants or what others want. Selfish ambition is what I want. Selfish ambition has nothing to do with being stronger together. In fact, it breaks down community. Thinking about ourselves and not receiving help, not being open to receiving help from others, are all under this category of selfish ambition. Now this goes back to our word conduct and being a citizen. Being a good citizen of Philippi means follow the ways of Jesus Christ. Be governed by Jesus. And don't let our default responses be selfish. Let our default responses be pleasing to Jesus Christ and about Jesus Christ. Let me suggest that often our default response will be, well, you know, that's just the way I am. Oh, I can do things on my own. That's just the way I am. I'm grumpy with people. That's just the way I am. Oh, people are stupid. That's just the way I am. People feel by saying that phrase, that's just the way I am, and maybe even throwing an apology in from time to time, that nothing needs to change. That's just the way I am indicates that I have permission to not change. That I have permission to say, well, that's nature rather than nurture. I was born that way. And we have permission to conduct ourselves in our own way rather than in a gospel way. Transformation taking place. And you know, that happens with our sins as well. Oh, I'm just a sinner, and, and that's so unfortunate. You know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner, so I might as well sin. I mean, I fall short of the glory of God. I know Romans 3 quite well. And thanks be to God for his continued abounding grace in my life. But Christ has a different outcome and a different preferred future for all of us. Let's look back for a moment briefly at chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, make my joy complete. Paul is reminding us that we can have joy and peace because of what Christ Jesus has done for us and, the, and what He continues to do for His people. People stronger together is not on account of ourselves. It is on account of Jesus and His Holy Spirit at work in us. Stronger together is not on account of that this is the moral thing to do, because even the atheist can be moral and nice and be stronger together. Being stronger together for the believer is allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and to change us as a response to what Jesus Christ has done for us. And Jesus lived and died for us, and he took all our sins upon him. Being stronger, of course, is of course because we want to be stronger together, but also because Jesus wants us to be stronger together. 
He wants us to love Him and to love one another. So let's be obedient out of what Jesus desires and what He has done for us. And when we do fall short, yes, grace abounds. Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, He forgives us and calls us back to Him. And we keep responding out of faith and love for Him. When we fall short, we don't have to make the excuse, oh, that's just the way I am. No, Jesus desires us to grow and to be more and more transformed into His likeness. So we are called to be stronger together because this builds healthy community. And this is our response of obedience to God for all that He has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we do look forward to returning in our time of corporate worship here. But in the meantime, we continue to be the church that God calls us to be. Be stronger together and be blessed. Amen. Let's pray together. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the head of the church and that you are our one triune God. That you, um, thank you for your church and thank you for the diversity of people that gathered together as your one body. And help us even in our differences, whether that be opinions or personalities or gifts and, and characters, to strive to be a community for you and for one another. To strive to be a community that is stronger together, working us to be like-minded and striving to do your will as your church and your people and by the power of your Holy Spirit in us. We praise you for families and today we praise you for our mothers. We thank you for your care and protection over mothers. Watch over our senior mothers or recent empty nesters, mothers of children and newborn children and mothers of unborn children, and mothers who are raising a family on their own or with hardships from a spouse. Continue to strengthen the mothers in their tasks that you have graciously called them to, and continue to provide them wisdom, faith, love, and patience to encourage their families to walk in the Lord. Lord, there are those who desire to be a mother and who are unable to, and we ask that you be near to them and comfort them. And there are mothers who have lost children, and we ask for your comfort in times of loss. And there are others whose mothers have passed away. Provide comfort to them as well. And there are those who you've called to be single. And may they be used by you to be examples to nieces, nephews, and other children in their life. And Lord, we lift up the various needs in our churches and in our communities. And we pray for those who are struggling with relationships, whether it be between spouses or siblings or neighbors or others. We pray for those who struggle daily with physical, mental, emotional, and financial problems. Lord, provide your people patience, strength, and courage to see through each and every day. Provide people the knowledge that you walk alongside of your people and that you walk people through the darkest valley because you are with your people. We pray for those in our church families and in our communities who are seeking meaning and balance in their lives. May your spirit work through them to give them all what they need. We thank you for successful surgeries and treatments that people are going through. And we pray for your continued blessing to be made known and your healing hand to be upon your people. We pray for the many impacted by COVID-19, whether through loss of life or other losses. We pray for those who have lost loved ones recently or many years that have gone by. Give hope and assurance that as believers we will meet again and give comfort through your spirit. Lord, we lift up the ministries of our church and surrounding churches 
especially during this time of uncertainty where many things need to be done differently and provide church leaders wisdom and sensitivity and creativity. We lift up our world and ask that you make your presence known to your people. Where there are natural disasters, uh, we ask that you continue to bring hope and restoration to your people, Lord. We pray for areas ravaged with disease or areas of war, those who are in hunger, those persecuted for the faith. Where there is injustice and poverty, we pray for equity. We pray that people will be taken care of and that the church will be able to reach out and to reflect justice and love and mercy. We pray for leaders around the world and in this nation that they too will be able to lead with integrity and humility in the name of Jesus. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our King and our Lord and our Savior. And all praise and glory be yours forever and ever. Amen.